My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head Get it out of my head Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here and On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is Ryan Buzz. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Pilar. How are you doing on this nice Friday night? Uh, yeah, what are we doing here on a Friday night? I don't know. All right, well, okay. A, I'm never out on a Friday night, which is so sad. <laughs> but B, now that I am out on a Friday night, we're podcasting. Is this what's going on? This and, is what we do. you're a young buck. Shouldn't you be out like at the discotheque or something? <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't you be? It's a Friday night, discotheque. right? It's a I have uh, I have old bones. Does that old? Make, yeah, I have old soul. All right. I don't even know what a discotheque I'm is. I'm just saying because <laughs> you're not that old. So, so if, yeah, what I'm saying is like before the baby comes, maybe Friday nights you should just go out and just party because mm-hmm. you might be homebound for a little bit. I know. Six weeks. We're counting down. Right. Mm-hmm. So for the next six weeks, I six could tour Fridays, the best six discotheques in LA. Be <laughs> 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 a good time. What about, I have, I have my, my guests with me and, I, and I'm going to introduce them. We've got Lisa Bolacaja. Hello, Lisa. Yeah. Hello, people. And Hilliard Guest. Hello, Hilliard. What's up, hello? And Hilliard and Lisa are the co-hosts of the Screenwriting Podcast... That's right, a screenwriting podcast. Indeed, indeed. Um, which is Hilliard Guess's Screenwriter's Rant Room, which ooh, can be found ooh, ooh. on iTunes and on Stitcher. Yes. I was very, very happy to, to have been a guest on it a couple mm-hmm. weeks weeks ago. It was really fun, and there were lo- there was so much junk food. I was truly happy. <laughs> I go, wait a minute. She didn't got nothing for us. You see what I'm talking I about? I know. Nothing. I got we you water. You have we water. have Coca-Cola, and soda. we have Diet Coke, and we have water. I know. It was terrible. Tuffy things. No crafty. You know. <laughs> now, would you normally, it's Friday night what would you guys normally be out uh, no. you know no you wouldn't be at the discotheque <laughs> the dis- no discotheque. <laughs> let me let me let me google that right now <laughs> discotheque. galaxy uh discotheque <laughs> there's one still somewhere in southern california it's next to an old drive-in <laughs> exactly you know my parents were disco parents and they would go out every friday night and my That's dad so had the white ice cream suit oh, nice. he did oh, and my mom had these pink spandex pants oh, and these high heels and this <laughs> glittery remembers? shirt i remember I because this. i f- remember feeling this mixture of awe and shame as they <laughs> went out the door and they'd be like bye honey <laughs> like bye <laughs> There's the fridge. There's the phone. Good luck. You know, and like they just go out. <laughs> and yeah, they were disco parents. Oh, they like awesome. they would pa- they would practice the hustle. Oh, wow. And you know, That's awesome. And yeah. I've heard of the hustle. Oh, <laughs> do, 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 right. It's great. The hustle. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That was the joint back it was then. great. Was it was great. As yeah. That's oh, those were the days, you guys. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today is well, first of all, let me tell you a little bit about Hilliard and Lisa. Beyond their podcast, which is really fun. I got a big old book bio. 
<laughs> okay. This Me, is huh? Hilliard's bio right here, Ryan. Do you huh? see this, this large mm-hmm. piece of oh, paper? Oh, wow. This, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. That, see that little paragraph? Can you squint? <laughs> yeah. That's Lisa's that's bio. That's very good. All right. because she's humble. That's uh, all. She's trying to ignore all the stuff she's done. <laughs> um, Lisa's uh, work has appeared. Now, you're not only a screenwriter, mm-hmm. and you've been in my classes for years, and you were in mm-hmm. my writers' yes. groups, and I've known Lisa for so long, and she is incredibly talented. You hear that, Hollywood? <laughs> uh, she a beast. Okay. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. But in addition to being a screenwriter, um, uh, her work, her your prose work, right, mm-hmm. has appeared in long-hidden speculative fiction from the margins of history with cross-genres publishing, the Wisconsin Chronicles, Volume 8 with Aqueduct Press, mm-hmm. and in upcoming Upper Rubber Boot Books I anthology. Upper it. Rubber Boot Books. Sci- sci-fi it's people. It's it's sci-fi. Yeah, with the rubber folks. baby bumpers. Um, <laughs> and that's an anthology called How to Live on Other Planets, a handbook for aspiring aliens. Yes. And she's also, uh, she loves Twitter. Just loves it when people follow her, right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Actually, she's embraced it. I've embraced it. Okay. I've, embraced, I've embraced my, my inner, I don't get sad when people unfollow me. <laughs> anymore because they do they follow me and they think oh she's so fun with this uh, and then when when I bring up some real stuff people get <laughs> you get, it's like Dr. Jekyll Mr. <laughs> the thing about Twitter too is you don't know who unfollowed you you just know that the number went down oh no I know who unfollowed oh, you do. I have the app that tells oh, you, you. it's <laughs> daily it lets I know exactly oh, yeah. who you are why would you go in for that kind of rejection why would you because, set yourself because, up for that because I support other people typically if they follow me I follow back but if you unfollow me I need to know so I can unfollow you back I'm not going to give you free support and love and you just dissed me in the street. So if you want to follow Lisa and then unfollow her so that she can then unfollow you, go to <laughs> at Lisa Bolakaja, yes. B-O-L-E-K-A-J-A. Hashtag Ryan Buds. I want in on all this. And yeah, yeah, all this. And hashtag Ryan yeah, we, we know that, Ryan. Do it. And then we've got Hilliard Guest, mm-hmm. who is a writer and a director and a producer. Um, he is, uh, uh, wait, what is this? He has a, Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. I'm okay, that part. She got the paper in front okay, of her, y'all. Sorry. There's just so much stuff on there. Okay. It's fantastic. You don't have to read all that. He's girl. a member okay. of the WGAA, the, uh, the WGAW, and very involved with the Committee of Black Writers, the Writers Educational Committee, as well as the Gay and Lesbian Committee. Mm-hmm. He's an award winning writer of several genres, as well as a director and indie producer. Many produced and scripted projects, which I will, would read them all. But I'm not to. going to. Um, and also, uh, 2007, Guy Hanks and Marvin Miller, Bill, Bill Cosby Screenwriting Fellow mm-hmm. at USC. Um, also, uh, has, uh, his film, TV, and short scripts have won or advanced to the top of competitions such as Sundance, Nickel Fellowship, Scriptapalooza, Page Awards, Action on Film, Screenwriters mm-hmm. Expo, and it goes on, so much my friends. Yes. And also, um, you're also a teacher, Hilliard, as are you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Hilliard, you teach on the Grind, which is a monthly screenwriting and filmmaking mm-hmm. workshop. Lisa and I. Teach uh, you're both, you both yeah. teach at On the Grind. Mm-hmm. On the Grind? On the Grind. Sounds like. You came up with that. On the, the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pilar. Exactly. Pilar, you know, you've been my mentor for years. And the only, like, literally, honestly, the only reason why I started teaching, honestly, is because we couldn't get you all the time oh. for stuff. And it's like, well, I guess I'll get up here and do my thing. And, and basically, it's because of you. Uh, well, so, one thing I forgot true. to mention is that also, Lisa, are you still on the board of the OBS? Um, I used to be the second vice president. The, but, uh, 
of that. But now I, I've been so busy. I'm still a member of OVS, but mm. right now I've just been so busy doing a lot of the, the science fiction conventions, promoting other work, and getting out there. I need to come back home to my people. And, and the OVS, for people who don't know, it's the organization of black, black screenwriters, screenwriters. And um, I've had the pleasure of teaching over there uh, from time to time. And it is a great networking yeah. organization. Shout out to Jennifer that's, and Renee. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, why, that's why I first came in contact with you. You came in and you did this fantastic thing on how to pitch because I sucked. You know, and you said, and you made it seem so easy because, you know, you go in there and you're trying to learn and sometimes people, they browbeat you and you're never going to make it, but you're always positive. Even when people Mm -hmm. suck, you are always so good at encouraging them and finding ways to make them feel better and do better. And I thought, I'm going to take her class. And I think I took every single class. In fact, years later, when I would try to come back in your class, it's like, you know, all my tricks. Why are you in here? But I always need a refresher course. So, yes. (laughs) So, of course, on the grind, it's kind of like my ode. That's quite all right. (laughs) And grind is like uh, coffee grounds, coffee break screen, right? It all works together. And as everybody knows, I like to grind. (laughs) (laughs) So, like your parents did. I love discotheque. That's right. That's right. Um, the reason the reason that I asked Hilliard and Lisa come not only because they know so much about screenwriting, but also because I thought that they might have something to say um, oh, about to say. <laughs> about black characters on screen or the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I, you know, Lisa and I were talking right be, right before uh, the show and mm-hmm. uh, talking about the fact that in TV. Things are looking pretty good. As a matter of fact, in front of the screen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, yes. okay. So that's this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll just tell you one piece of good news that I heard, like through another writers group. I have a, a very big casting associate in that group, and she okay. was like, "The big thing right now with casting TV is diversity to diversity. Like, mm-hmm. if if we can't bring in a diverse cast, then we're off the job." And I was like, "Well, that." is great news. Mm -hmm. That's for Mm -hmm. TV, Mm -hmm. though. She was very specific about that. So you you said in front of the screen. Yeah. I mean, um, we're still seeing the lack behind the screen. In terms of directors, in terms of writers. Everybody. You know, you still go on a show and you will still see... You know, there might be a writer on the set. I'm sorry, there may be a writer on the on the show. And then you go to the set and there may be one other like grip or something. Mm-hmm. And there's like 300 people. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And, and how can you write for a black character mm-hmm. or any character of color unless there is actually that experience that you're bringing mm-hmm. to the page, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So that, that is, that's frustrating. So you're saying like even on a Shonda Rhimes kind of, you know, we, we're, we're not seeing enough of a, a diverse writer. No, that's an exception. There. That, that is she's, an exception. She's, 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 she's like, mm-hmm. she's ushering in the era of mm-hmm. you will make money. Mm-hmm. If you have a diverse cast. And mm-hmm. she started it off with Grey's Anatomy, of course, with Scandal. And of course, I don't know if y'all know this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, last night, uh, How to Get Away with Murder, oh 14 God. million viewers. In fact, so there were more viewers who came to see that show because uh, people were thinking, you know, we'll have that show be the last one and all the other shows like Grey's and Scandal will be the lead in and hopefully people will stay. Mm-hmm. More people who were, were watching that you know, how to get away with murder than they were scandal. Yeah, so wow. people were actually coming to see that show wow. without the lead in at 14 million, That's huge. you know, yeah. and she, and if you watch the show, she has that, 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 that secret success thing. It's mm-hmm. diverse. And honestly, it's, it's not, diverse, it's real life. Mm-hmm. Like if you live in LA or New York or any other place, you see all kinds of people. It's just TV and film that seem to forget that other people exist. Well, you know, I saw something interesting. I don't know if you had a chance to see it yet, but I noticed that, all the hype of it 
and I had to look at it closely because we, when we started in the room the other day, um, I showed everybody the, the long teaser you were talking about. The yeah, trailer that really made me want to watch the show. To, and that oh might not God, be a show amazing. that I would usually watch, but it's it's like a gr- fantastic trailer. And it said specifically, I believe it said something like, by the creator of, right? It didn't yeah. say created by Shonda right. Ah, I missed that. So when you watch the show and you look at, I'm always looking at who's who because you need to know whose mm-hmm. names or whatever. And it said... Executive produced by her, and then it, then then there was another executive producer, was a man's name. Mm-hmm. Forgive me for not knowing off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And then it said, created by him, and then it said written by him. I was like, well, who the hell is he? I thought it was her show. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I learned, no, she's executive producing this right. show. Right. So in this case, but but I mean, it's basically like she's her empire. Yeah. She's developing it under her banner, which is great. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to be seeing that diverse cast, not only in things where she has a direct Mm -hmm. hand, Mm -hmm. but you know, where we've got sort of, the, uh, let's see, Amy was on the show, and I think she called it Shonda World. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yes. Amy, Amy Thursday night is wine and Shonda. <laughs> there you go. And what I, I think, too, you know, she she creates a world where she doesn't call it out. She's not like, wow, you know, look at this this diversity mm-hmm, here, and everybody mm-hmm. has. It's just sort of like, yeah, like you said, that's it's, the world. It's and organic, that's how, and that's how That's how she writes it, and that's how she casts it. Mm-hmm. And getting back to her writing team, one assumes that she has a hopefully a more diverse yeah. writer's room. Mm-hmm. So I know her effect she does. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And All right. more women. Mm-hmm. Great. On Great. the set, in the crew, more women everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, you know? you know, you've probably heard, especially with, with TV mm-hmm. uh, fellowships and things like that, now, you know, I'm just going to put it out there, right? Out there, There's also those like little secret resentments like, oh, no, no, they're only looking for diversity writers and blah, 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 mm-hmm. which is this weird backlash, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the same kind of thing that, you know, women got when they were finally, you know, right. starting to, to break through a glass sure. ceiling. Well, you know, it's only because she's a woman and they really right. need it, you know. Right. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's you, you must have you must have dealt with it or heard about that. Yeah. Like, what's your response? I mean. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> say what you want to say, haters. Uh-huh. Say what you want to say. But I love it. For example, like my favorite, like there's Thursday night now, and I'm I'm a huge fan of Viola Davis. But Monday night's my special night because that's Sleepy Hollow, and now you got Gotham, mm-hmm. right? Jada Pinkett as yeah. Fish Mooney. I'm like, oh my god, it's like it's the best night ever. <laughs> but those those shows, it's not just black people on the show that I really like about the show. Like for example, on Sleepy Hollow, I'm I'm in love with John Cho. Mm-hmm. And I wish they bring. They, he just got a new show called Selfie, and uh, I wish him success success with that. But I love him being on Sleepy Hollow, playing the bad guy, and just I just love seeing him. And um, I think what's the other gentleman? I think is it Mark? I forgot the other. Yeah, it's, very, very, yeah, it's so diverse, mm-hmm. and it's not just black people because I like to see all. Like I like to see how people look like in L.A. and San Diego, mm-hmm. you know. And another great example is I just saw The Maze Runner, mm-hmm. and even though it's all guys, all mm-hmm. boys. That was the most diverse cast I've seen. And not just diversity in terms of having Asian characters, black characters. There was diversity in the white male characters. They weren't like the typical pretty boys that you see that after a while they start mm-hmm. to look the same. Like, I can't tell anymore. When you're just blonde and gorgeous <laughs> and blue-eyed, I can't. I'm blinded. I can't tell. But there was such... And I'm, I'm really a fan of great faces. Like, I love mm-hmm. old 70s films. I love old movies from the 40s and 30s when people had great faces. And when I was watching The Maze Runner, I was watching All the Little Boys, and they all had such unique 
and just really like just normal, regular faces. And I really appreciated that. Just even in the white characters of like, mm-hmm. at last, you know, not everyone can look like, you know, Justin Bieber all the time or <laughs> looking like everybody from Twilight. Like, God, that just makes me sick. And so when I was sitting there, I was just pleasantly pleased, like, oh, my God, it looks like the real world. This is how it is. And, you know, if people are going to say stuff and say, oh, it's only because they're looking for diverse diversity is always going to be there. So like, you need to catch up to the real world. Well, and in a way, yeah. I mean, if, if there is a diversity spot on a writer's team, what what writers need to understand is, yeah, there's a diversity spot. So, One. you know, if somebody's getting resentful, like, oh, that person got it because it's well, you know what? All the other five people on it are white males. <laughs> you know, it's not like your world is closing in. <laughs> Nobody's pushing you out. We need to have diversity in a writing team, you like you said, you so we can have diverse characters. You know, it was funny with somebody, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was complaining uh, because of all the new dystopian sci fi films that are coming out with female leads, and somebody was complaining, like, oh, when um, The Giver was coming out, oh, at yeah. last, you know, finally we can get some movies where the, the guy can be the lead. And I'm like, Bitch. isn't that hilarious? <laughs> I'm like, like, are you kidding me? That is so funny. They were so resentful. And I'm like, but The Hunger Games, it wasn't just a female show. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody came out to see that thing, you know? And it was just like, it was just so cool to see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys, men, you have daughters. <laughs> right. And, and oh, they want to see, like, would do. you not want to have your daughter, your child to see something that reflects her? Not just as well as your son, you know, yeah. just let them have that cool stuff. And just girls are just really cool. And there's a, there's a line in the Maze Runner where the one girl character does, I'm not, it's not a spoiler alert. And, and you know, my rule <laughs> on my show, what uh, the rule is, the rule is this. If you didn't go see the film the first weekend, you get four days from me, and then I'm letting you know what's going on in the film. Because if you were serious, you would have been there that first weekend to support. But in the, I'm not, it's just not a spoiler. There's not a, there's not a spoiler, but there's a female character that comes in, and there's one little boy character that says, girls are just awesome. And I just thought that was such, I was so happy to hear that line, because it was something she was doing, and, and they were like, what's going on? And she's causing a ruckus, and this little boy's like, girls are awesome. And I just thought, even though there's no girls hardly in the film at all, there's none. She's the only one. The fact that that character, a boy, acknowledged that and just said that. So if you're a girl in that audience and you hear that. Among all the testosterone. (laughs) That's huge. Well, let me tell you something. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing about diversity. I mean, I'm kind of on the fence about it. You know, being being a a writer who goes from TV and film, I'm I'm totally on the fence. Because it took me a while to embrace the fact, okay, that's our way in the door, Right. However, which is a lot of thing I always talk about is the interview to get on a show, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't. You can pitch all day. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to pitch yourself, right. you're not getting in the room. Right? So what I'm saying is it took me a long time to embrace the fact that that is your way in the door. So use it as a way to get in the door. The problem is you get in the room and there's six other white dudes, right? And they're like thinking what you said. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got it because he was in the such and such program. She got it because of we yada, yada, yada. So that means you have to step up and be three times better than them. Right. 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 To what, keep proving you yourself to. over and over and over, which is mm-hmm. what you know, women have said for years, right? Yeah. They have to work twice as hard mm-hmm. to get it just as far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it, that must be very difficult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can imagine you'd be on the fence about it because take that away and then nobody's going to say that. But then would would the writer's room be open to it? You know, one hopes that they would be, but would Yeah, they you, you would hope so. Yeah. You, you would but totally it's going to show so. up on the page anyway. Regardless of what anybody's thinking, once you're in that room mm-hmm. and you're putting in those hours like everybody else and you're on that grind, 
it's going to show up on the page. The proof is always in the pudding. So if anybody had that nebulous thought, you know, even if they weren't even thinking it on a surface level, you know, they're like subconsciously thinking that. Um, it doesn't matter because if it shows up on the page, yay. It's like, then you know, oh, that's a great writer. Sure. Let's get the work done. You know, those are great words. That means the show is going to be on a long time. And you need to be thinking they're going to bring me some money and keep me on the show, too. Well, here's the other part of it, though, that, that people don't always understand. Like, say you get into the Disney Fellowship, right? Um, and I'm going back maybe a year or two ago, the way the rules used to work. Because yeah. <clears throat> change every, changed every year. Yeah. Yeah. But let's yeah. say you get on one of those, in, into one of those programs, and you get staffed, mm-hmm. right? Now, because you're a diverse writer, whether it's whether you come out of Fox or CBS or any of those things, right. you come out of those programs as a diverse writer. Now, your regular fee on a regular show is, let's say, ninety to one hundred ten thousand dollars, something like that, right? But you come in as a diverse writer, they're like, oh, no, we're paying him $50,000. Oh, you see oh, what I mean? Right, exactly. Because they not only uh, they get that you was cheap your salary with these for the programs. Program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So even if you come on first season, fresh out of one of those, they still are giving you the basic lowest of low. And then they're doing this new thing where they're pinning you with somebody else and almost making you a writer team. And you have to almost split your fee with people. There's, there's a title for that. Forgive me for not remembering off the top of my head. But there's a little thing where they're doing that now. And I know about... Three yeah. or four writers who, you know what it's called? I read, no, but I just read the article on it. Yeah. I read, read a, a, a article, yeah, where they're trying to pretty much scam new writers. Yeah, producers are doing it like left and right, <clears throat> where you and I come in a room and um, they decide they, they, they love our writing and they're like, like, we'll just team them up. Yeah. You know, and, and, they pay and, one and then rate. they'll pay and us for one rate. rate. Right, right. And right. it's happening, it's, it's, it's illegal. You're not really supposed to do that at all. And um, so a lot of the Writers Guild guys, you know, a lot of the, 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 Communities that I'm on are like really trying to fight this this thing that's going on right now. Especially if you didn't come in as a team, like people know that when they like win these fellowships mm-hmm. as a team, that they are paid two for one. Everybody Absolutely. knows that, but mm-hmm. to to do something on your own merit and then get teamed up and yeah. get half the pay yeah. at such a low no. rate, that's yeah. crazy. It's hard. That's what they bet on is that nobody's going to say no because you that. want that credit. You mm-hmm. want Absolutely. The problem is, is they have you for a certain amount of weeks, but once those twenty weeks are up, then they can let you go. And so almost everybody I know who's getting on their, their first show never come back to another show again. You know what I mean? Because of the way that things have changed now. Well, so. Let's get, let's go to where things are even worse. For sure. A second. Let's get in. <laughs> let's go to the world of features. Oh. Uh, now there's one spot of good news today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just today. Okay. Um, so Pat this morning woke up bright and early because he was <laughs> going over to the 1030 show of the equalizer. Ah, yes. Really? And he said, you know, they're in Woodland Hills, California, suburban mm-hmm. Valley, right? That it was packed. Wow. The 1030, show opening day for the equalizer starring denzel washington Mm -hmm. in a part that was uh i guess it was a tv show tv show and Mm -hmm. uh and now it's a feature and was not necessarily written for a black character Mm -hmm. right it's just it just needed a great strong leading man Mm -hmm. and that happens to be denzel Mm -hmm. so for me that's always better news than I mean, there are movies that are fantastic, like, um, I'm putting on my glasses here, like uh, uh, The Butler and Long Walk to Freedom and Fruitvale Station and 12 Mm -hmm. Years a Slave and all that. They're fantastic. But isn't it feel like even more success when it's a popcorn movie that everybody's going to see? It's not a specific experience. But yeah, especially like you love sci-fi, you love action, right, Lisa? Mm -hmm. Right? So so that's what we're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Or just 
uh, black faces and and people of color in, in just yes. traditionally white roles. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to the new Star Wars that comes out because I know they hired John Boyega, who's one of the British actors who I love, who's in Attack the Block. Uh, rumors, supposedly, I believe it when I see it. Lupita's supposed to be in it, too. <laughs> but, you know, it, they're... they're I'll say they're trying, and I really appreciate the effort, you know, because I think they really realize that commerce, you're going to make money. Mm-hmm. You're going to get more butts in the seat. Are they trying hard enough, though? I mean, I mean, Denzel no. No, is such an exception to the rule, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, it's Denzel. But, yes. You're not going to say no but to I will him. Say, but, but I will say this, you know, though. Otherwise. Denzel's getting up there in age. And it's like yeah. what happens to a lot of black actors is typically they there's like three or four that are the safe ones that people know and love and like. For right now, for, for black male actors, it's the same. This is the trifecta. Mm-hmm. It's Morgan, Denzel. Sam. And Sam Jackson. So you've got mm-hmm. your lead. You see, you've we got even, your old sage. You see, we didn't even mention Will. you got your character guy. Did you notice? Yeah, what happened to Will? What's wrong with Will? Oh, there's nothing wrong with Will. I mean, I'm, I'm, ta- well, I'm talking in terms of Will. But, but I, he's, he's, no, he's drama he's too. He's action. Yeah. He's, I always think of him more sci-fi. Yeah, he likes the yeah. big, big, big blockbusters. But even he's getting up in age now, and it's like, we've got to start ushering in new actors, new talent, and new talent. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I hate to say it. I'm very picky about casting. (laughs) (laughs) I personally prefer to see a movie, for example, like The Maze Runner, where I didn't know anybody's face in that movie. I like to go to movies when I don't know anybody because it makes me feel like the story's more real and I can mm-hmm. get into it. But when I start seeing the same actors consistently playing the roles, I start to get bored. But what you said was what people like, right? And I think it is this this fright, right? Mm-hmm. What if they don't like him, you know? And it's just, I mean, that really is racism, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's determined mm-hmm. that we have these four actors that mm-hmm. people are okay with. No, no, white people, and white people are okay that with white them. people yeah. are okay, okay with them. And you have, there are so many many great actors out there mm-hmm. so many great black actors mm-hmm. who are like i mean training all over the place mm-hmm. and then you have what like the, there's a percentage here in this article that that just came out i'm looking at it here as far as okay uh from 2007 to 2013 the percentage of african americans in speaking roles on screen grew only from 13 percent to 14.1 Wow, big jump. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, 14.1%. Other minority groups didn't fare much better. Hispanics rose from 3.3% to 4.9%. Asians from 34 to 4.4%. While those categorized as other... (laughs) I don't know what that is. I think it it would include Native Americans. Mm -hmm. Remained steady at 2.5% over the six-year period. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out that Hispanic females, uh, 37 Point three percent on screen were more likely to be featured in popular films than white females, but mainly because they are naked. There's a lot of they're yeah. mainly naked. Yes. So I'm, you know, not good stats. So mm-hmm. you have only you know just a small percentage of black characters on the big screen on feature screens, and then you're only picking a particular mm-hmm. like four guys, mm-hmm. right? And it just makes you feel like that's. You know, these guys are representing all of Black America, right? And they don't represent all oh, of Black no. America, no. like, no. and and people seem to see, you know, and it's no no discredit to them. I love those actors, but I'm at a point now where it's like, what about the younger guys that are coming up, like uh, Michael B. Jordan, yeah. 
the problem is they're not getting an opportunity to 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 hone their craft and getting these 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 roles. They're always going to the same go to people. It's like let, let's be honest. Well, Come let's on. take it a step forward. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, we're having we're having a talk recently um, on the Black Committee about. Uh, can anybody give us a list of names right now, black girls in their 20s, who can get a movie going? Everybody was like this. Black, black dudes in their 20s, who can get a movie going? Everybody was like, white guys. Oh, blah, 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 blah. you sure, know what I mean? Sure. White girls. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? We literally had to stop and think because most of the names she mentioned are older. Right. You know what I mean? Right, They've right. been here for 20 yeah. years, Denzel's and all those guys. You know what I mean? And they're just now getting good roles. Yeah. I got one uh, young female in her 20s. Uh, I think you guys would agree with Kiki Palmer. She she's, had a, kind of a big year, but not. she's not getting starring roles in right. movies that mm-hmm. everyone's going to see. Right. But first Black Cinderella. Yeah. Um, well, I take that. I, right? I would challenge that. I'm going to say Brandy. Oh yeah, from the TV movie. Oh, oh that's but right. If we're gonna get technical on Broadway, okay, I'll let sure. you have it. And then uh, <laughs> youngest, I'm just about literally, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, green lidded. Right. Yeah, you know. you're right. Uh, right. Youngest talk show host, yeah, ever, ever. With Kiki, which yeah. you know, I guess yeah. had huge numbers mm-hmm. and is coming back. But see, Kiki's mm-hmm. the reason that Ryan came out here to begin with. Yeah, yeah, oh, she's right, a good yeah. friend of mine. She grew up in Robbins, Illinois, and I grew up in Crestwood, Illinois, which is right next door. Oh, and uh, I wrote uh, my first feature I ever wrote was for her. It was just a. It was about. It was called Colorful, and it was about um a um a girl who realizes she's the token black girl at her mostly white high school mm-hmm. and uh i she thought she realizes it. <laughs> that, yeah. would be, that would be kind of funny like wait a minute yeah it, it was super it was kind of over the top uh-huh. it was a lot of fantasy moments and uh-huh. stuff but um it was her it was an idea her mom had for her and she and a friend of mine i, I knew him, uh, them through mutual friends she was like what can you guys do with this mm-hmm. it was my first time writing anything so mm-hmm. it was i learned a lot from doing that mm-hmm. and became sure. really good friends with them but That's good. yeah yeah we're gonna see if she does because she's doing her talk show now and we're gonna see if she'll she'll get offered those roles because right now like she, like you said she you know now that i think of it yeah she's one of the few name yeah. young but, black but actresses. the thing is offered those roles so the roles have to exist and Correct. that's what we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. talk about a lack of black faces on, on the big screen. Again, mm-hmm. features. Mm-hmm. Black women, forget it. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... Uh, <laughs> Unless we're doing a period piece. Uh, <laughs> then everybody gets a role, okay. you know? Right. Well, that's but, what everybody be fighting but, over those but, roles. <laughs> but, but, but I'm tired of those roles, though. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, it's like if I see one more civil rights movie, and I know there's one coming up, and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go see it to support, but... Can we get some contemporary stories? Because there are contemporary stories. I just want to see. Can I just see regular black people? Every time you see a movie, we're either exceptional. We're. Ma- I just want to see somebody who's just mediocre, regular, just regular. <laughs> you know, because I'm just regular. I just want to see a regular person doing regular stuff. You is, know, is that interesting in a movie? Though. Oh yeah, it okay. is. I think it, it is. is. I think it is. Okay. It is. I remember, like, you know, when the the podcast first started, this podcast. I remember mm. bitching that I just want to see like a a, a female. The Hangover. Yeah, I just want to see that, you know. Yes. Mm. And then, and and it was like, yeah, but would people want to see women being so flawed <sighs> oh, and blah blah? blah. And, then brides, me? and then bridesmaids, and bridesmaids came mm-hmm. out, women and now are. suddenly that's the new normal. So, like, yes. yeah, I do think it is interesting to see just like regular flawed people and who women, are making mistakes. And women and, are you know? raunch- personally, women are raunchier than men are. 
They really are. Like bridesmaids, they could have gone a little bit more. Because it's just some of the things I've heard from women's Some secrets mouths. need to remain okay. secret. <laughs> oh, they're, oh they're, they'll be waiting for me outside. Oh, yeah, they're going to get you, girl. <laughs> but you know what? I'm trying to, trying to be hopeful because I think with television, the successes that are happening right now with television, um, a lot of the new faces that we're seeing, hopefully Hollywood will pick up on that. Because right now all the really good, good actors are, unfortunately, they're having to come to TV because that's where the good stuff is. You everybody's know? coming everybody's coming and it's not just black it's everybody mm-hmm. so hopefully they'll realize oh maybe we can start making good stuff for everybody even Lisa's coming on TV I know mm-hmm. I know even I'm coming to TV I'm yeah. teaching it now I know okay. I never thought that would happen now right? now um uh, what roles, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as as writers, as directors, as just just audience members, mm-hmm. what kinds of characters would you be happy never seeing on screen again? What kind of uh, black characters would you mm-hmm. be happy black. never seeing Ever. on screen again? Never. Or I should say, maybe that's too extreme. Mm-hmm. Are you tired oh, of seeing? Like maybe, maybe you know why they're there, but mm-hmm. you're tired of it. You would like to move on I from start, this particular thing. The just the token best friend who's cool. Uh. You know what I mean? <laughs> just that one dude who always says the cool shit. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, that's okay. You can say that. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Good. I'm gonna say about nine more. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, the, you know just what I mean? The guy who's always the cool, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or the black girl who's just sassy for whatever reason and always becomes the the comic relief as yeah as you know what i mean they're best friends with all these other preppy dudes but this is one cool black dude who's i'm like that don't even fit right Do we even, have we even seen like black leads where there's been the white best friend uh, unless we count Blackish that just came on TV. On TV? Where they had the little, the son and his little friend came over and his friend came over and said, Oh, y'all got some grape juice? And was just like, We don't have that. And he found grape soda uh, in the refrigerator. And it was like the little one. Well, everybody hates Chris. He had a best friend. Yeah, that's true. Like, but again, yeah. TV, 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 yeah. right? True. Some features. Like, think you have a romantic comedy. Okay, I will okay. say this. How about um, the, Steve, the Steve Harvey movie that came out? Um, Steve Harvey movie. Oh, Think Like a Man? Think Like a Man. Yeah. Where you had the one comedian who's, mm-hmm. who's white, who was like the best friend. And I thought was, there was two of them. Yeah. That was Turtle really cool. Was yeah. <laughs> and that was a smart move on their part because mm-hmm. to jump on what you were saying in terms of your, your pet peeve, mm-hmm. my thing is the disconnected black person where it might be the one black person, but they're not connected to any other black people. For example, Morgan Freeman was the president of the United mm-hmm. States. Every movie that I've seen that there's been a president of the United States, you always see their family, the first family. Sure. You never see him with no. And wasn't he like president two times? <laughs> and God, he's least. not connected. It was like in the old days when Whoopi was getting a lot of parts. Like yeah. she would be there, and it's like, does she not know not no other black people? Mm-hmm. I mean, she could be the one black friend, but mm-hmm. who does she hang out when she goes home? Like, there's no. Every, they gave her that one every, friend in Ghost. Every, was like, every Will Smith movie I've seen, mm-hmm. he's the disconnected black person. Like I never okay. see him connected to anybody, even if his mom or mm-hmm. a cousin or somebody. Like there's no. It's almost like the, it's the, the exceptional black person. Like you're the one special one who's able to be in this space. But in the real world, it's like where I work, I'm like the only black person. Mm-hmm. But I'm connected to a lot of other people too. Sure. But you never see that in film. So I think that would be the one thing I'm tired of seeing is yeah, you can have the one black person, but have show their family show them you know some interaction it's, it's interaction like the casting of producer people go like oh phew okay we did that 
Yeah. 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 And that's why I said uh, Think Like a Man, it was smart that they had two white characters mm-hmm. because then it would have been like most black people I know who have white friends, which is myself, like I have several white friends. There's yeah. there's no way I would go through life and have like one white friend, mm-hmm. you know, but you'll see black people, white people all the time. Like I have my one, like that's the only one. That's the only, what is wrong with you? That only one person wanted to hang out with you. Like I, that, to me, that's suspect. If someone says that I have a black friend, just one. <laughs> what is wrong with you? No other black people like you. Well, 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 you know, what's funny is we actually have a thing about, about it's always odd to me. I mean, I get it because it is one of the best TV shows in the world, but I'm always a little suspect when white people say The Wire is like my favorite TV show. I'm like, why The Wire? Out of all the other shows, it's so yeah. gritty. It's so urban. It's so, it's something about it to me. I'm like, why that one? I don't know why. It almost offends me. Well, what do you, <laughs> why, what's your theory on why? Do you think it's sort of like, I love peeking into the world of the other? I mean, do you think that's what's going on? Is that what's, is that what's think, kind of annoying you about it? I guess maybe it's me connecting into, at least in, in thought, that. They're, they're, they see me, they know I write that type of stuff, for instance, so they'll be like, you know, The Wire is like probably my... It's like they're trying to connect to me or something. You know what I mean? I'm like, mm, The Wire? I can see you like it, but my favorite show ever. I'm like, but give me a list, The Sopranos, The Wire. And I'm like, okay, it's one of them, but I don't want it. It's just <laughs> annoys me. So, I don't know. It's, just so it's not the show. It's not the like show. Or somebody coming to me, I love Tyler Perry. No, you don't. <laughs> okay. That's, no, no. Oh, you open the door. Okay, yes. Now, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. So Tyler Perry. So, so uh, you know, now you've got movies that are completely populated mm-hmm. by, by black people. So you would sit there and go, yes. That's great. And I guess my feeling is you got to start somewhere, mm-hmm. right? You have to start filling screens Agreed. with mm-hmm. people of okay. different colors mm-hmm. somewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. There may be a problem, though, with a certain quality of the material. You guys were oh, uh, a little. Heck uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say it. Yeah, because I'll tell it to his face. I'm just being real. Uh, yeah, this is the quality of the work. Yeah. You know, it's 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 almost like first drafts, first drafts, first drafts. It's like I think it's good, it's mine, here's my stamp. That's good enough. And it's like, do you ever sit and do a reading of it? Do you ever do you ever listen to it? Do you ever do anything? You know, is anybody going, No, 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 on page two we should get rid of that? I don't think anybody's doing that at all. So you're saying you're saying you think Tyler Perry needs a script consultant, is oh that my what you're saying? God. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I went and saw one of his plays the other day and I was just blown away with how Structure, character, dialogue on the note, it was killing me. But on the positive side, okay, okay on so the positive so the, side. The positive side is okay, somebody was brave enough to go, you know what? Audiences will come. And I am going to constantly write shows, uh, write, write movies mm-hmm. that have. A world of black characters in them. Love that. that I'm, is, I'm all for yeah. that. So, so it started somewhere. I was just, I was just sort of surprised it didn't start a trend commercially. This has done very, very well because Hollywood has, only trusts one of yes. us. Isn't, isn't that crazy? <laughs> they because give it to one of us. The quality, it's like the Black Highlander. There can uh, only be one. The quality would keep changing. Would mm. keep would keep developing if there were more. It just has to start somewhere. It's like it's like like bad chick flicks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I forgive them. Because because I'm like, well, at least it started somewhere. At least there are women on screen. If they're even if they're just always singing in the kitchen and mm-hmm. you know crying to Hagendas, mm-hmm. at least it started, mm-hmm. you know, and it proved commercially successful. So well, now there's people, been others. That's why people were really excited about um, what was it uh, No Good Deed with mm-hmm. Idris and uh, Taraji Henson. It made money. 
People yeah. went to go see it. And it was mid-budget, and I'm hoping they make more movies like that. Yes. When I went to go see it, it was just okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I went to see it because of Idris. He's, he got why, a shirt off why in that wouldn't one? you? I love him. Does he have your shirt off in that one? I love you, Idris. <laughs> I am a fan. I love you because I remember you back in the day in Britain when I used to watch you. And that the first time I ever saw Idris... Mm-hmm was on Absolutely Fabulous, mm-hmm. my favorite British show. Okay. And he People came in there it. and I said, who is that guy? <laughs> you discovered British, him. I discovered him wow. back in the 90s. So I'm responsible for uh, <laughs> success. No, that's the first time I saw him. And then I saw him in sometimes in April and I thought, who is this actor guy? And then the next time I saw him was when I kept hearing about the show, The Wire. I'm like, I think I was third season and let me go see this show. And I thought, oh my God, he's amazing. But with that movie that they did, like I said, it was a real minimal budget. Mm-hmm. It made back its money pretty much in the first weekend. Sure. And we need those type of films. And it looks it looks a little B-movie in terms of the trailer. But you know what? But it's a star, but right? It's, it's a star. Yeah. And we need to have more of those because I tell you what, they, they didn't... They, they didn't lose. I mean, it didn't even take that much effort from them to make that movie. I'm not saying in terms of quality. I'm saying in terms of the amount of money they spent to get it done and to put it out there and for it to recruit so quickly. Sure. Do some more of those. Give people opportunities to, to get the craft out there, get more faces, different mm-hmm. faces. You know, they, I, they cast it well. And I want to see more movies. I want to see more movies in that budget realm and not just with black people, but yeah. just different films like in the mm-hmm. 70s when you had because back in the day, it was those mid-level budget movies, small budgeted ones that made the money that was able to help them do those big True. blockbusters. After they went to the discotheque. After they, they went, went to, to the discotheque. Yes, they did. <laughs> I tell you what. Hey, during the, the what they call the black exploitation phase, all mm-hmm. those please, you know, Blackula, laugh if you want to. <laughs> Coffee. Blackula. All those movies, <laughs> a lot of that money went into making Jaws. And, and Star Wars and all of that. So please recognize, you know, hey, I watch those old Southern Gothic films. Mm. Please, are you walking tall on all those movies? Please. <laughs> if, you go to, if you go to my favorite video store, Cinefile, right now in Santa Monica, and you go, they have a section called like Southern Gothic, all those old 70s, which you would consider B-movies. Thank God for the El Rey Network because Robert Rodriguez <laughs> is bringing it all back. Those movies made money that made those blockbusters. And what's happening now, we're making way too many tentpole movies and too oh, many yeah. small special, and there's None of that middle ground stuff. Agreed. And the middle ground movies are the things I think that allow a lot of actors to, to bust their chops. You know? Well, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, and I don't know if this makes any sense to what we're talking about at all, but I think that we are also responsible as filmmakers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just a writer, I'm a director and producer too. So it's like, it's our responsibility to make projects. Like, I made a conscious decision. When I started writing, like in 2000, whatever, that I would always have at least one main black character in my projects. At least one. I don't care what world it is. I will make it so that they have to be somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's our responsibility to include them in some sort of way. You know, I think that we live in a world today where we can make our own projects. You know what I mean? We shouldn't be waiting for Hollywood to put a movie out. You know, we can, you know, we have the technology now, you know, it's like I'm doing, I'm I'm doing pilots like left and right right now because we have the technology, you know, I know how to shoot it and make it look good on a smaller budget. I know how to cast it and still get a face or two because they'll do a friend, a a favor for me. You know what I mean? So there's like so many things we can do now. We sit back and wait to get in the Hollywood system. Like, forget that. Let's, let's make it. Let's do like maybe two episodes, two or three of them, and we can sell them to freaking Netflix. We can sell them to, you know, whatever. You'll get your money back eventually. Can I, add, can I add an addendum? Yeah. 
uh, study film, like craft, like watch films, because mm-hmm. too many filmmakers are making the same yeah, boring material. <laughs> so yeah, we got the technology for y'all to go make some movies and do your little thing. I've seen those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I have vetted films for film festivals where I'm like, you know what? God bless you for buying the equipment and having your mom make the sandwiches for the cast and crew. Mm-hmm. But let us at least, at least please study and watch films. And I, we say this on our podcast all the time. Oh. I say all the time, watch foreign films for God's sakes. <laughs> watch old school films, the classic AFI films. Please go see what has already been done because I, I will come see a movie, even if it's low budget or, 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 you know, not the best quality. If you've got a unique take on something, mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than going to film festivals with independent filmmakers or people making product. And you're making the same stuff that, pretty much came out in the 90s already. You're rehashing old stuff. Be original. I mean, more than anything, that's the thing that's going to get you more noticed now, is being original. And I think think one of the easiest, I don't want to use the word easy, but... Uh, uh, and I know you probably talk about this all the time, but I always tell people that, like, I'm, I'm on the show right now, and we're still, like, in the, in the process of how we're deciding to go with the show. We're talking about making it being sci-fi right now. And um, um, one of the things that's going to make it different is, in, initially, we we're going to make it be these kind of a buddy show, right? Like this cop thing. And um, we lost one of our actors, right? And I went, well... That's perfect. Now we can go to a female. And it completely changes the tone of the show now because of the way we're going to go with these two in particular. And so um, that helps you to make it be a little bit different now. Sometimes you change the sex, you change the weather, you know, whatever. I mean, there's all those it, it, different it's things It's so like sad that. to say, but it is true. In 2014, it's like, um, it's Rambo, but it's a woman. But it's a woman. <laughs> you know? It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's taken right. with, with a, a black, black lead. Uh, you know, and it's like, it's like that still becomes mm-hmm, a hook. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. why not, in a, in a day when we're struggling for hooks and fresh takes, mm-hmm. why not make that hook and fresh take a diverse cast? Right. Absolutely. You know, in, instead of being like running from it it's mm-hmm. like no this is going to actually help make it unique mm-hmm. make it special did you did you have something because I, I saw you like i saw you approach the the mic ryan ryan does does a, a thing where he does this but that's how i know he's gonna talk it's like double dutch he's like waiting for okay so i'm like come in here saw, we come i saw, I saw, I saw he's moving in so i just want to make sure before I, I ask this next question i was curious uh of your take on guardians because i see you're wearing a shirt did you think that that was a, a game-changing movie no Guardians of the Galaxy? No. Yeah. Because yeah, everybody went. was green? And no, <laughs> no. no, I mean, in terms... No, no not... Uh, this was I, almost I like a side it. note. No, no, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I actually, yeah. I saw it twice. Uh, the t-shirt I got for free because, you know, I answered the question from Twitter. <laughs> at my favorite at San Diego at Mysterious Galaxy Bookstore and some, I think it was some... Some movie people were there, and they said, "Oh, if you come up and you give me a free T-shirt, and I'm always for free clothes." <laughs> but no, I, you know what, I enjoyed it. The only thing I, and my, I have to admit, the only characters I really liked and I loved because they actually got me in my heart, and I actually cried <laughs> twice at the end was Groot. Yeah, and, great, right? And Rocket, mm-hmm. because to me, they. <laughs> Isn't it really ridiculous that like the CGI creatures were the most I mean, look at animation. Complex. You still most, feel, you feel yeah. emotion. Their right? most, they were just the most, I don't know, realistic and emotionally engaging characters out of everybody else was just kind of, eh. and plus with the, the Lee character, you know, he's a dude, bro. 
Yeah. I've seen that before. You mm-hmm. know, give me something, you know, a little bit extra. But I enjoyed dude, it. Bro. He is. He's a dude, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, people, you know what a dude, bro and, is. And Zoe yeah. Saldana. Okay, Zoe Saldana, right? She could, she could totally okay, she's carry Zoe. Zoe. I love she's Zoe. She's in everything, though. But, but, I, she's, but she's in the realm of the Morgans and the Samuels where yes. she's in everything. But she's in everything, but she is, she's always blue or she's always green or she's always, <laughs> you know, in some kind of cat suit. It would be nice to just see her. Just be regular. Exactly. See her go back to England and do some real movies yeah, like she used to I mean, do. why not? Why not, right? And this goes back to just mm-hmm. regular experiences, contemporary regular. dramas. Okay, so he, he, this is going to be an awkward question, but I'm just going to put never it out awkward. there. Trust a, me. Um, so, so here's the deal. When I ask people to uh, revise their character descriptions, I'm always stressing the idea that it needs to be the essence of who they are rather than naming their physicality like right. no tall blondes right. you know instead let's let's right. hear that she's vampish and right. beguiling okay right. that'll open it up to casting and yet when somebody when a writer specifically wants a character to be black or a different ethnicity i will be a complete hypocrite and tell them you know what you're going to have to say black or mm-hmm. you're going to have to say hispanic mm-hmm. or you're going to you're, you're just going to have to because the producer will not have the imagination to come up with that right. himself right. you know i mean you're right about that i think that like one of my close friends um is a really big casting director and she actually prefers it to be a little bit more uh what's the word when you don't know something no. more the, like that that essence yeah instead, like yeah. like you just describe them Ambi- as like ambiguous, ambiguous. Right, yeah right more ambiguous and then they go because they think from the mindset, and she's a black woman, though. Right. But she thinks from the mindset of, could this be white? Could this be, because, you know what I mean? She's looking at any ethnicity for that role. Which is a rare thing. Yeah. yeah it's on the big screen, clearly. Mm-hmm. Like, in TV, okay, now, I probably wouldn't give people that directive anymore for TV. Because mm-hmm. now, you know, like I said, diversity is where it's at on sure. TV. But with features, I would still say, oh, you want this character to be black? Mm-hmm. Say that they're black. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think, I don't trust yet. I don't trust that producers think, will be like, you- hey. Hey, let's just point. put in, you know, they won't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad because mm-hmm. because then they, a character becomes defined by race right. instead of defined by personality. Mm-hmm. Even if you also put in that essence, there's also the race that, mm-hmm. that, that has said, oh, and they're different from every other character in this because the other characters aren't marked as Caucasian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? I, I don't know. It's It's... I'm going to start writing everybody in there. I'm going to write all my scripts now. And they're white. Oh, Caucasian. And they're Latino. Is it Caucasian? Is that what you're calling yourself now? Because it's really funny. It makes me laugh. Because I have to tell you (laughs) that. funny word. I have to tell you this, though, that a lot of the black writers that I know, they're all writing them more ambiguous. Is that the word? Uh I can't say they don't have have that word in my my neighborhood. All right. But they're (laughs) more that way. (laughs) You know what I mean? So everybody's writing them. So, like, because I'm reading scripts all the time, and I'm always like, well, who is this person? They're like, oh, I wanted to leave that up in the cast and I'm like mm, but physically I get it yeah but. physically like I guess the reason that I ask people to stop is because they would be like they are wearing a brown suit and they're five foot seven you know and I'd be like that <laughs> yeah, that's tells me nothing yeah, yeah, about nothing. that person right. so I'd be like right. you know yeah exactly right. it's you know it's it, like you said what'd you say a bro dude yeah right. he's a, a dude bro, bro. Dude, bro. That awesome. tells you something, though, right? Awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. Ryan Buzz, comma, dude, bro. Right? <laughs> like, okay. And that's dude right. bros are Ryan, awesome. Ryan's throwing up gang signs. <laughs> <laughs> they are dude bro gang 
gang signs. A dude bro gang sign is just putting pomade in your hair. You just kind of go like pomade. <laughs> Not even crew. He's using pomade. Pomade. <laughs> going wait. Getting me for the discotheque oh, there, right? Oh, gotta look sleek what for were the you discotheque. Saying, um, what was I saying? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying that dude. I mean, I don't know. With with my writing. I'm always political in everything that I do anyway. And because I do, even with my fiction writing, when I run a science fiction, um, it was funny because recently um, uh, a friend of mine had went to one of the archives and was reading, because you know I'm a big Octavia Butler fan. Mm-hmm. And they went into one of the archives and one of uh, Octavia Butler's journals and she was talking about how she's writing her sci-fi and she's going to write black characters. And she was specifically saying this. I'm going to write this because it was so important to see these characters. And I kind of come from that same vain even though I write all kinds of multicultural characters I, I write everybody but for me it's it's really important and it's, it's just part of my political nature to, to put that in there because it's so vital and so important because I work with little people and mm-hmm. they need to see themselves and so yeah. it's very important that I specifically put that in another writer might say oh it could be colorblind casting I, I see color because I love color and I'm going to put it in my writing mm-hmm. but that's just me and my personal my mm-hmm. personal writing take Let, let's talk about language for a second mm-hmm. okay yeah. you're talking to the wrong two oh. people okay, okay. I know, so. tra- I know I'm, tra- I'm trying to be so good I'm like I feel like I'm in church I'm in the, the, the sanctified hall of really? we're all tame today we're like, people come no in here and think they're moving. in church that's no I'm, that's I'm, just, so I'm just saying compared to our podcast it's like I'm beyond my best behavior <laughs> we're all talking all monotone <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I don't mean language like cursing language Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, dialect. Uh, and stuff dialect. Okay. Okay. So, uh. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as people who also read scripts, mm-hmm. um, where does one uh, incorporate the language of environment, and where does it become offensive? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. I'm writing a show now for a producer for the BBC. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm throwing that out there. How you doing, BBC? Um, black cop show, kind of like Top Boy, one of those type of things, right? Okay. Um, and it's really urban. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, it goes in like, but I wanted you to feel that, mm-hmm. and I mainly did it by choice because I've read a lot of the other scripts, and some of them just kind of scam over it. Mm-hmm. They don't really do a lot. They might use the OU. You know, you know, they talk over there, but they don't do a lot of other things. But I wanted mine to really feel street, you know, like how they talk. You know what I mean? I wanted to really have that feel. I think it just depends on what it is. I'm one of those people because I read so many scripts like you guys do. If I read something and it feels like the South in 1965, I could just feel, you know, I was thinking about Cadillac Records, which I was reading recently for some reason. It is just just beautiful it's just poetry mm-hmm. you know when you listen you can hear him talking to you you know um so i don't know if that answered your question well, when at all, it's too but much too much right oh. like like I, I think it's when it's when people start leaving off consonants and things like that as opposed to incorporating phrasing like you said mm-hmm. if something feels like it's the south in the 60s there's going to be certain phrases mm-hmm. that are used that lend themselves to a certain kind of an accent sure. but i would imagine it must bug the hell out of you when you're reading a script and somebody's taken like you know it, it, it looks it looks like bad ebonics you know well, I, I like I like my writing I like person when I write it I just like a little taste like mm-hmm. give me a little taste of a little bit but then write it normally 
you know, just like you said, when you when you start dropping off letters, like someone say, I'm fixing to go here. Or I'm mm-hmm. finna go do that. I might give you a, t- a little taste of the language so you can get an idea what it sounds like. But I'm not going to write every single word phonetically to make it sound that way. I just want to give you a taste so you know it. And once you get that little taste, I think it sticks in your ear and you just kind of hear it with the character and anyway. I might be a little bit of the opposite of that. I mean, because I'm 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 a real stickler about what you see on the page. Mm-hmm. If I see it once and I don't see it again, I'm like, what happened? So it's got to be, it's got to be consistent. You know, mm-hmm. That's, that's, for that's sure, just yeah. me. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, it might bother you to see, you know, somebody takes off a contraction here or whatever, this and that. For me, if you're consistent and it makes sense to with it, I'm like, just be consistent. As long as it's not you know? excess, right? Yeah. Right. As long as it's still readable. Right. But, but also, you know, as uh, again, just black people in the mm-hmm. world, sure. Do you get tired of seeing a certain kind of cadence always used for black characters? Oh, absolutely. Yes. That must drive you nuts. Yeah. Yes, because if, believe it or not, uh, there are different dialects within dialects in the South. Mm-hmm. People from New Orleans sound a lot different from people from Georgia. But whenever you see people coming from down South, they all have the same, True. the same thing. So you have to really do your research and hire some people with dialect who, who can tell you what stuff really sounds like, because that's going to help your actors and things too. But a lot of times I'll read stuff and I'll be like, I suppose this is New Orleans. This don't sound good. Or, or like <laughs> what it's not in the South, you know, it's suddenly like every black oh, like character every that's black in the ta- script yeah. suddenly sounds like they're from the right. South. And mm-hmm. it's like, wait, wait a second. That person is going to the same school right. as this person person mm-hmm. why are they talking like this or and to me yeah. that that's like okay. and, and that kind of ties into what i was talking about about that one character who's the cool guy mm-hmm. you know what i mean we all grew up in the suburbs but he's the cool guy who still talks like he lives in the hood <laughs> right in the old days they say right. the jive talking it's yeah. like no i mean black people do code switch but when they're yes. in a honestly when they're in a group of white people they're gonna we're gonna speak just like everyone else does mm-hmm. and then when we're you know around friends or whatever we may let slang fly but it's like not every black person on TV. When I see that, I just, ugh. like, sure. I'm trying to think of a good example that just got me, got my dander up. I can't <laughs> remember what it, I, my dander. Uh, She's I, so street. She I says know. dander. <laughs> I can't even think of it, but it's like when you hear them and they come in and like, hey, what's, I'm like, no, 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 no. That person, no, they would not be speaking like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm from Southern Cali. You know, I have a Valley Girl kind of twang. You a do California. kind of. I do. It is adorable, isn't it? But that's how I normally speak. But it's like not every black person is going to sound like that. Mm. Black people, I was just up in San Francisco recently. Mm. Black people in San Francisco sound totally different. Where I'm from, than, but, you know, but when you hear them talking, you know, when you're, they're talking and you're like, oh, not everyone. I don't know. You just have to really understand that that. It's one of those fine line things. It, personally, in scripts, I don't want to see a lot of it because it <laughs> makes it makes it harder for me to read. Mm-hmm. But like I say, if you give me a taste and I know and you tell me that person's from here, but the a taste, a taste of it. how anybody talks. Right. You know, people talk. You know, uh, whatever regionalism you have, right. no matter what race you are, mm-hmm. that's going. Those phrases are going to come into that dialogue. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. It's just the fact that if it's a black character, they tend, from what I've mm-hmm. read oh, yeah. in scripts, mm-hmm. and I read thousands of them. People, uh, writers make the mistake mm-hmm. of thinking that there's only one kind of language. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, I mean, to change subject. I wonder if, because I was an actor for so long, mm-hmm. every time I read a script, I'm playing them when mm-hmm. I'm reading them. Mm-hmm. That's what helps me listen to rhythms. I'm right. big on rhythms, as you know. I'm sure. like always listening to rhythm. And so, for me, if somebody uses, r- writes it with all the accents, I'm reading it as an actor. So it doesn't bother me as much because I'm reading it that way. It's, it's not the accents that bother me. It's, it's the fact that 
the accent that is chosen uh, tends to be very generic, right? right? It tends to be this one kind of flavor Mm -hmm. of of speaking. That is just like... uh, And not not to put people on blast, but to put people on blast. (laughs) Uh, Not that I'm I'm bringing my own clap back onto Pilar's show, (laughs) but to give an example that got people really upset was when last night, when um, How to Get Away with Murder came on, Mm -hmm. I don't know who the person was over at People Magazine, on their Twitter page, they had wrote something. What they didn't say. They, they wrote. <laughs> what they li- didn't say. They wrote. It was, they wrote lines that Viola Davis had said from the movie The Help, and okay. someone had said, "Well, I'm expecting her to speak on how to get away with murder mm-hmm. you know, any minute now." I exp- I'm paraphrasing because mm-hmm. they 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 deleted it, but someone got some some snapshots of it, so we oh, know no. we know what was said. Oh, no. But basically, they had said like, "I'm waiting for Viola Davis to break into oh I whatever her lines mm-hmm. were from The Help." Oh no! And people came in like, "Really? Like her character?" <laughs> first of all, is a uh, tenured professor teaching okay. law. Uh, the smartest one on the job. She would not be speaking, but <laughs> no. it was that mindset of, well, that's how black people speak. Right. And because we've only seen her play the help, and she's always been playing these characters for so long. And look, every single character in there that's black doesn't speak that Does way. Does not. Mm-hmm. Every all single are one black. are different. Yes. And whoever that fabulous actor is from Harry Potter... He is so adorable. I can't oh, remember his name. Who is. That's who he is. I just want to say that we're going to have to help him with his haircut, though, because that's a British cut. <laughs> when I saw it him, did, I thought... He did look like somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like immediately, and this, mm-hmm. t- this tells you that how different black people are. Mm-hmm. Immediately when I saw him, I thought, he is not a black person from the States, because <laughs> by his hair, that is... Very British. Yeah. And then it took me a minute to realize, like, well, no wonder. That's the kid from Harry Potter. Oh, my God. He's grown up to be a handsome young man. But I thought we need to he's help really him out. Good, though. Yeah, he's Is he good. the commentator in the Quidditch games? Is that who no, he is? No, he's, ta- he's the um, the one random black kid. He's the one There's only one. one. There's only, he's the only black guy. <laughs> he's just like, thinking pretty much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's like the only black kid. Not the only one, but he's like yeah, the he's one all grown up. No, probably yeah. the only one. But he probably yeah. is. Yeah. I think there was a black girl. But somewhere. just me personally, like somebody else might have saw him on there, like, oh, black guy. But immediately, coded. I kept seeing. I saw him. I thought. They would addiction? shoot him, right. and you could see the light. You could see little pieces of his hair that wasn't combed <laughs> in the right spot. No, but, that, but from a viewpoint of a black American male who uh-huh. would go get his stuff lined up, from immediately I thought. He's British. <laughs> he's not from here. Even when he spoke, I thought, well, he's not speaking an accent. But then I did notice, like, you know what? He's kind of over Not in a bad way, but mm-hmm. I just noticed that. And that's when I realized, oh, that's the guy from Harry Potter. Oh, okay. He has a British he's accent. He's like great. But not even talking about language, just visually looking at him. I was just like, mm, he ain't from around <laughs> these parts. Now, we have to start to go. So I want to no ask you uh, a question that is the opposite of what I asked okay. you before, which is... I asked you, what are you tired of seeing on screen? And okay. you, you, you mentioned the cool dude, and mm-hmm. you mentioned sort of the disconnected. Disconnected, no right? family connections. So what would you love to see on screen? Okay, what would you love? What, what you know, you I'll just you love. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I, know, I know you've got a couple clapbacks about this. <laughs> no, I'll say I'll from the answer. No, I, I just want to see a lot more, um, definitely more science fiction. Uh, I would like to actually see... Uh, a new, almost like the old school night gallery, but like an updated horror anthology show. I know the Masters of Horrors tried it. It wasn't, it was a mixed bag, but I would love to see some type of anthology horror um, with creatures that are not 
the tired triad of werewolf, zombie, and vampire. You better leave my zombies alone. And I would like to see more sci-fi. I'm really thrilled with Sleepy Hollow. I'm really thrilled with Gotham because we're starting to see uh, the genre that I love, which is like supernatural crazy stuff. But I I love that kind of stuff. And I'll watch it with anybody in it. But I would like to see more of those type of shows So more more the idea that like, like, even when you have supernatural, it becomes sort of this white world of supernatural, right? (laughs) There are all these white zombies and there's, Mm -hmm. you know, and and in, white in Atlanta. And okay. I will say this, there is yeah. no diversity in, in supernatural creatures. Right. Right. We're tired of seeing That's you true. vampires and all that. But I will say this. I am going to see that new vampire movie we were talking about I earlier. Know, cool. Because even though I'm tired of vampires... Mm-hmm. They I, turned it up a notch. They switched the narrative they and they said, you know what? Dracula became Dracula because he was trying to save his home country okay. and he went to an old... You know what? I'm going to go see that movie. Yeah, that but I want to see more horror and sci-fi and um, more shows like Sleepy Hollow where the cast is just... Every, I want to see more Asian characters on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mm-hmm. see some more Blasian characters, black Asian <laughs> love, like on Sleepy Hollow. Um, this is just a plug. Uh, I think John Cho's character, Andy, needs to hook up with Lieutenant Abby. Um, I am so there for that. Why I know, did I ask this question? I know, I can't uh, but anyway. What was open I thinking? the door, girl. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Yes. What about you, Hilliard? Um... Here's the deal, and, and, and a lot of people might dispute this. I think we're on the right track as far as visually what we're seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. I want to see it behind behind the screen, yep. because that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's much more important for me because the more the people behind the screen are empowered. And the more you're empowered, the more you can have more things on the screen. You know what I mean? It's like people always ask me, "What do I want to be?" I'm like, "I want to be freaking J.J. Abrams." You know, I want to have my own shows. I want to be able to, you know, I want to be like Shonda. You know what I mean? Except I want to be able to do movies, too. You know, I think it's important. So I want to see more people of color, not only just black people behind the scenes, because the more them because people of color live around each other, you know, for the most part, you know, little little um, um, Koreatown is right in the middle of, you know, the, the Mexican neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mexican neighborhood is right on the other side of the black neighborhood. We're much closer than we are from going all the way over to freaking the west side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we, if, if, if more of us are getting behind the scenes, we're going to be writing stories about us. Mm-hmm. You well, know what I mean? According to this article of role, race, ethnicity, and 600 popular films examining on-screen portrayals and behind-the-camera diversity that was released by the Media Diversity and Social Change Initiative at USC's Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. According to that, <laughs> as quoted by go, CNN... Can you repeat that? We didn't hear that. As quoted by CNN, as found by me on something called Google. Yes. Um, it says here, the best chance for diversity on camera appears to have a correlation with who is behind the camera, as the study found that films with black directors cast black characters in 46% of the speaking roles compared to white directors who cast just over 10%. Mm-hmm. So, so I was right. You are absolutely of right. Of course I was. Sure. So I think we're leaving this podcast on <laughs> Hilliard is right. We get it right. Lisa has lots of opinions. <laughs> Ryan Budd's still maybe the whitest guy on the planet. <laughs> but he's a awesome. cool cat. He's, he's a cute bro. He is. He is. Got that pomade. Bro dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. And me, I need to go to the discotheque. So I um, I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Um, again, go to the Sc- Hilliard Guesses Screenwriters Rant Room. Um, check it out on iTunes and also on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, do not maybe follow Lisa Bolacaja on Twitter at, at Lisa Bolacaja. And Hilliard, how are you followed? Uh, I am at Hilliard Guess, and we are also at Screenwriters RR. 
Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, all that stuff like that. Great. And should people also go to Hilldog? Yeah, they can go to www.hilldogproductions.com if you guys you know, want somebody to help you guys with your movies and stuff. That's what I do. Excellent. And so. Ryan, Buzz, what, what extraordinary thing are you doing this week that you would like to plug? Um, I would like uh, people who own bars or hang out at bars that don't have trivia nights to send me a tweet at Ryan Buds and tell me uh, where I can go set up trivia in L.A. Oh, or somewhere you fun. hang out with. I host, I host trivia nights. You can go to ryanbuds.com slash trivia to see how they they go. And uh, I'm looking for a couple new locations around L.A. and the L.A. area. So, uh, yeah, send me a tweet if there's somewhere you want to play or somewhere you want to set it up. Okay, do you think we could do any kind of like movie trivia thing here at oh, the yeah. On the Page We do them space? on our show. Yeah. yeah. Lisa does them sometimes all the time. Oh, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. But also maybe like an invite thing where we... we oh, that would be fun. That's that would what I'm thinking. Really like, like we could... Yeah. We could Tape Invite, it like, and students of on the page, that kind of a thing. Yeah, like we could. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just do like a little thing I at the do, door. And... I do a ton of uh, one of the prizes I give away at my nights is a private two-hour trivia party at your house. So I do. A, I'm <gasps> doing a Halloween one in a few weeks. Oh, that's cool. Huh. Uh, so I go to somebody's house and do the same thing I do at the bar, but with you know oh, they get to pick the like rounds fun. and all that stuff. So this could be. We really could totally fun. do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. To be continued. To be yes. continued. Um, I want to remind everybody to go to onthepage.tv. The rewrite class is coming up, and that will be in November. Also, I believe that this is going to come out, oops, I believe, before the London Screenwriters Festival. I will be there in, uh, it's October 23rd through 26th. I'll be there, and I'll be teaching an all-day pitch class for Pitch Thursday. Can you say that in an English accent for me? Hilary? For what, then? I, what uh, uh, was p- it? Pitch Thursday. Pitch Thursday. Oh, We're going to so do sweet. it on them. Um, yeah, <laughs> Okay. That, that was me, by the way. That was Ryan. <laughs> Ryan doing loves voice. doing English accents. <laughs> loves doing. If you're throwing something at the podcast, not my fault. Um, and everybody uh, in London's going, no, dude, that wasn't right, man. That wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be there. I'll also be in Dublin. Unfortunately, I think that's a closed class, but I just like bragging that I'll be in Dublin. And uh, I just and, want to come into her rewrite class in Dublin, but not really take the class. Just sit and drink and <laughs> relax and, and just be hanging out. She got a writer. That's pretty much. What I that's, that's pretty much yeah. That's that's how it goes. So much fun. Um, um, so yeah, check out on the TV and see what's going on. And I also want to thank really really quickly uh, Yanni Smith. Yanni, Yanni, thank you so much for contributing to the podcast. I believe you've done so before. Fifty dollars, really appreciate it. Sam Potter, thank you so much for your twenty five dollar donation. And and no, there's one. Oh, here's another one. Here we go. So organized. John Stimson, who is a very uh, successful producer um, out of Boston, and okay. he's got um, several uh, Hallmark uh, movies and Lifetime and all kinds of stuff. He's, nice. he's, he's great. I, and yeah. I, I work on a lot of his uh, scripts with him, which is really um, uh, an honor. Uh, John Stimson donated $50. Oh, sweet. $50. So thank you we so much. We need to be doing that over here rolling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I pay my producer. Oh, Do you, you pay each other? No. Okay, start doing that. Then get your name. <laughs> All right. So thank you again to Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Thanks. Thank you very much, Lisa. Thank you, Hilliard. Way thank do, you, y'all. everybody who is listening. And have a good writing week. It's all about that bait. About that bait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh huh. Work it out. It's all about that bait. Work it out. About that bait. Go ahead. Peace, y'all. 